0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning, Roto Experts. To the end zone. The mark of fantasy
1: excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart.
2: Let's cock-a-doodle, do it! This is Proto-Estrits in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the Spitting Statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King,
1: Scott Engel. Scotty, how you feeling now that Week 10 is in the books? I'm trying to make those final trades before the deadline hits. Gotta be careful about it. Only if I need something will I do it. And not a bad game last night by any stretch of the imagination. Two bad teams, but uh not a bad not a bad game. No, it was a good game to watch. It
2: was close through most of the, the game, you know, had a little bit of everything, some turnovers, teams moving up and down, some big plays made by big time players, Odell making some grabs, Saquon showing why he was a stud running back. And to your point, the New York Giants get their second win of the season. They didn't want to uh, automatically win the Justin Herbert sweepstakes on Monday night. The Giants get a 27 to 23 win. Eli Manning goes 19 of 31 188 yards. So not a lot of yards, but three touchdowns and no interceptions. Booger kept on making the point on the telecast that when we he had time when he was protected, he is still able to make throws and he made some throws to odell beckham who went four for 73 two touchdowns barkley also exactly 100 yards on the dot from scrimmage 24 touches four catches as well giants offense looked okay scott i think that the the reason is you know eli was only sacked once all day so he's still able to do work if he can stay clean
1: yeah, you know, and uh, you know, didn't put up a lot of yardage, uh, but the touchdowns were certainly there, which was a new thing for him this season. Yeah, absolutely. He
2: had three touchdowns, no picks, and he spread it around. Listen, you know, um, Evan Ingram even with four catches, 46 yards. That, though, mostly in garbage time. We saw Corey Coleman. We see Sterling Shepard. You know, so he has that ability, and then they're going to continue to feed Saquon. You know, 20 carries for Saquon Barkley, 67 yards. How do you feel about Saquon? Because I think, you know, he definitely shows why he is so amazing. But he also, you know, they made the point. I've been saying this for months about Saquon also. He's going to look to make everything be the home run. He's going to look to bounce everything outside. And so you get a number of also of no gains, one yard, minus one, minus two yards as well. 20 for 67 for Saquon.
1: Yeah, you know, the rushing yardage really hasn't been there this year, but he's been at the top of the leaderboard just because getting him out in space. And, you know, that's not a good offensive line either. So I think that that factors into it. You can see it because when he gets out in space, the receiving numbers are incredible.
2: Yep. On the other side of things here for San Francisco, Nick Mullins, you know, goes 27 for 39, 250 yards. He throws a touchdown and two picks, although I must say one of those picks, at least that I remember seeing, was certainly not his fault on kind of a tip ball. Um, but let me ask you about Breida. 17 carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown. He's also a factor in the pass game. Another touchdown there, three for 31. So, you know, all told, Breida gets 20 touches. All told, Breida gets 132 yards and two touchdowns. Where do you see him moving forward? I mean, this San Francisco running game, you know, at the beginning of the season, we thought Jarek McKinnon was going to be like a an RB2 type. He gets injured on the last play before... Uh, you know, of the last play of training camp, let's say. Then we have this committee. Alfred Morris is sort of involved. You know, we hear about Mostart, and then he has a gruesome injury. Breida has been banged up, you know, in and out all season long. But if he's able to perform like this, I think what I also saw yesterday, Scott, was that Alfred Morris is not viable. This guy is nothing more. I usually say three yards in a cloud of dust. This guy is two yards and a <laughs> cloud of dust, if anything, you know, because they now know that Morris is really just a guy, you know, I mean, he was on the street for a reason when they found him. But Brita, I think Brita has some potential. What do you think about Matt Brita in the short term, you know, like in your in-season ranks? And then I'd also ask you what happens next year when McKinnon is back in this backfield?
1: I think when McKinnon is back, and, you know, we can only speculate. It's really early to, like, speculate on next season. Uh, you know, yeah, but we these teams have two wins, end, right? you know. We know what's happening yeah, with these but, teams this season, you know. But still, you know, you don't know exactly how much McKinnon's going to be recovered at this point. You know, it could be a timeshare. You know, that's the earliest speculation they could do. But it's only – it's really only week 11 of the previous season. But, you know, Breida right now, now that he's – Somewhat healthy again, although he was limping a little last night. You know, good vision, nice speed when he hits the hole as well. Uh, You know, this guy is definitely an RB2 when he's healthy.
2: Yeah, I would think the same thing. You can confidently start Matt Breida. Moving forward, although the 49ers are one of six teams that will be on by in week 11. So Brita should have some time to rest up. The San Francisco 49er that you're probably going to miss the most in week 11 is their tight end, George Kittle, who continues to announce himself. Nine catches for 83 yards could have been even more. Honestly, Scott, if your name, if your first name is not Zach or Travis, is there any? Quarter, uh tight end you'd rather have in the NFL right now, other than George Kittle, unless someone unless you're gonna name someone whose first name is Zach or Travis.
1: No, he's the number three. You know, he's past Gronk. You know, if you strip the name off the back of the jersey, you know yeah. George Kittle has been absolutely terrific. He's 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 been one of the, the best values in fantasy football, period.
2: Yep, absolutely. His nine catches for 83 yards. I'm going to tell you something. We don't like talking about our own teams, you know. But I think I mentioned to you, Scott, that I have my long-term dynasty league. And going into the season, I didn't know what to do because I was holding Zach Ertz in the seventh round as a keeper. I was holding Trey Burton in the 12th round as a keeper. And I was holding George Kittle in the 17th round as a keeper. I went ahead and I kept... uh Ertz and Burton, and I flipped Kelsey early, Excuse me, I flipped Kittle for a piece I needed early on in the off season, and I got uh I got for that one. I knew he was a value, but I didn't know he was gonna be all the way up at tight end three. I own tight end one, so it's all good. But I mean, Kittle has really shown up and showed out in some ways. You remember, remember Scott? How I've always said, like, listen, uh, the Saints moved Adrian Peterson in a way to almost on some level clear the way for uh, Alvin Kamara last year. Remember how we talked about some of the trading deadline deals this year and how Galladay's path or Cortland Sutton's path may have been cleared? Remember, last year, at the beginning of the year, the San Francisco 49ers traded Vance McDonald to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why? Because they knew they had this kid, George Kittle. We've seen you know, some of the stiff arms of Vance McDonald, but the Niners moved Vance because they knew what they had. And george kittle
1: yeah they they made a smart trade you know kittle's been way better than mcdonald's been
2: yeah absolutely anything else that uh you thought was important from this game uh scott you know we talked about all the major getters one thing i would say here and you know the box score doesn't look as bad but i gotta tell you something in the general flow of the game uh I don't know that there's any reason to want to start Evan Ingram anymore at tight end. You know, I mean, and I feel the same way about Sterling Shepard going into this going into this season. You know, I was talking about how Evan Ingram was kind of an outlier with his rookie season because, you know, all of the Giants receivers last year were injured. It was like Evan Ingram and like Roger Lewis that was left, you know. And my biggest question was who's going to be sacrificing now that Odell is back and that we all know Saquon was going to get his. Honestly, the answer is twofold. It's Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. I know he had 4 for 46, but he had much of that in that very last drive, you know, and I understand you get him whenever you get him, but in the flow of the game, I don't really see Evan. Evan Ingram is not a big part of this Giants offense right now, Scott.
1: No, he isn't. Uh, You know, 31 catch late, you know, that was key, but, you know, it's really about Odell and Barkley right now as the number one and number two, and he's probably the fourth option in the passing game. And you talked about it in the preseason, uh, you know about yep. how he could be down in the pecking order, you know and that's exactly what's happened. The other thing that struck me last night, you know I carefully watched the performance of Nick Mullins and mm, you know he yeah. does throw high he does throw high percentage passes, but he doesn't really threaten the defense uh right. deep, and he gets happy feet sometimes he did on one interception yeah. uh you know even though it was a tip ball though it just like wasn't accurate because he got jittery in the pocket and that's a sign of an inexperienced or uh, an, an inexperienced quarterback. So you know, kind of came back to earth after that big opener with a little film on him. Uh, you right. know, he's you know th- there are some positives. You know, he does gets the ball out very quick release time. No, I wouldn't say he gets the ball out quick necessarily. He's very patient in the pocket, and you know, he hits those high percentage underneath passes and the crossing patterns very well. But uh, you know, he's going to be up and down. It really, it, it, it I I think. I, I think, you know, he's probably not going to, like, be in my top 20, you know, main season sure. ranks, you know, tomorrow morning.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, he was the third going, like, in, in on Labor Day. You know, the end of of August, beginning of September. This is a guy that was a third-string quarterback. Let's not forget, this is a guy who was a third-string quarterback on an NFL roster, right? For San Francisco heading into the season, QB1 was Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G-Spot. QB2 was, you know, C.J. Beathard. And this was a QB3 on an NFL roster. What I mean, Scott, also is maybe not that he gets the ball out quick, but they made a point a number of times that he has a good, very quick release time. Okay, And that's some guys that don't have the arm strength, that can't threaten the defense. What they rely on is being able to, when I say get the ball out quick, I don't mean necessarily in the play. I mean literally you know, uh, when they do that tracer on him, his release time is pretty quick. But here's my question for you, Scott, on Mullins. Of course he's going to come back down to earth a little bit, right? I mean he was a third-string quarterback. My question for you is do you think Nick Mullins has showed enough not only to the San Francisco 49ers but to the NFL at large to make him – be competitive as a backup quarterback next year a QB two next year like would he make the Niners feel comfortable to get rid of say CJ Bethard and have them roll with him as their backup we know he's not going to be an NFL starter necessarily um but do you think teams could see view him as a backup quarterback moving forward
1: I think that's hard to say it after two games you know give it another game or two and I think we can make that evaluation he's definitely trending in that direction
2: All right. Fair enough. Well, we put this one to bed. The Giants get their second win of the season. Now, the Giants and the 49ers have two wins on the season with about six games with not about six games left with exactly six games left for them. Well, actually, that's that's I misspoke there, too, Uh, with seven games for the Giants and six games for the 49ers still left. Uh, we put that one to bed as they compete for a top five pick. Um, news and notes that I want to get to before we go to the rest of the show here on Roto Experts in the Morning. Later on in the show, and now that we've put week 10 to bed, we'll start to look ahead for week 11. We'll do that with waivers, and we also have a great new article from my man Scott Engel from rotoexperts.com, when we're talking about you know the advanced scout looking to week 11. So we'll do that too. Scotty's advanced scout, his rankings, the fantasy executives blog. The Slack chat channel and all the news and notes you need to win your leagues and win their cash are also available on the Roto experts exclusive edge in season fantasy package. Don't forget to enter the promo code the king at checkout. All right, Scott. Coaching news, I want to ask you about. The Bengals yesterday fired their defensive coordinator, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Scotty. That is the third coordinator to be fired. Tampa Bay lost their defensive coordinator. I believe Arizona got rid of Mike McCoy after that ridiculous Thursday night effort. And so now the Bengals defensive coordinator, Terrell Austin, has been the third coordinator to be fired in season so far. Two things on this. One, Marvin Lewis, the head coach, is now going to take over uh, play-calling duty, so I wonder if that changes anything at all. But the second thing I was going to ask, really tough assignment, Scott. If your job is hanging by a thread like apparently it was with Terrell Lawson, it's a really tough assignment to have the Saints be the team that comes on in with your job on the line, huh?
1: Yeah, I think so. But, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. like if you're hanging by a but, thread but still, and you got to prove something, but still, you got to do you, it against the up. Saints? But, but you at least have to put together a respectable performance and not give up fifty one points to the point yeah. that the team scores on every drive until the final kneel, kneel down. You know that's just sure, that. <laughs> sure. But like what
2: like in a vacuum, what do you think going into Sunday uh, he needed to do to save his job?
1: Not give what, up shut out points. the Saints.
2: No, yeah, I he guess to so, shut you him know. out.
1: But it, you know at least you know the, the unit could have played more respectably. It was an embarrassing performance.
2: Yeah, but it's not also not all on them. Andy Dalton throws two picks, putting the defense in a bad shape. Their offense is without A.J. Green in that game. As, and well, and I go. understand. Well, obviously we can't do all of that. Does this change Cincinnati's um, outlook at all for you?
1: Uh, defensively? Defensively, well, they still have the same personnel. You know right. How much did it really change Tampa Bay? So I don't know. Do you in think they're going to blitz
2: a, more something different?
1: Uh, probably the, the new coordinator is probably going to have, you know, different schematics than maybe he runs, but you don't know for sure. Sometimes, sometimes the the new coordinators say, okay, we'll stay with what we learned, but you just have to have to execute it better.
2: Right. They're saying Marvin Lewis, the head coach is going to take over defensive play calling
1: in the interim. Yeah. So yeah, I think there should be an improvement there.
2: All right. We'll see other coaching news real quick here. Scotty, listen, as you know, I'm a Jets fan. And as you know, the Jets laid a complete egg on Thursday. It was tough to watch, okay, Scotty? Um, There's reports here. At first, there were reports, you know, a lot of things in the back page about Todd Bowles and his job security. Reports here, at least out of New York, are that the Jets would not make a move in season, at least. But it sounds like Todd Bowles is dead man walking. I want to tell you the same thing. Listen, when Hugh Jackson got fired... In Cleveland, we all talked about how much it was all about Baker Mayfield's development, that they need to get a young a young uh, offensive guy in there to help Baker Mayfield's development. I'm going to go ahead and assume that the Jets will have a different head coach next season because that's the way it's trending. Shouldn't the same thing be said about Sam Darnold, that this entire hire, if they do need to make one, it should be about how to best support Sam Darnold. I mean, look at McVay in here. Look at Trubisky in here now with Matt Nagy. The Jets need something that's not a defensive mind like Todd Bowles. Same as what they're talking about for the Browns to support Baker's development, right?
1: Yeah, I really can't disagree with any of that. You know, it's, uh, you know they drafted what they feel is a franchise quarterback. Right. So.
2: Now it's got to be about supporting them, right? You know, both from the coaching and then I would see in the I would imagine in the draft and free agency, the Jets who have a lot of money are going to beef up an offensive line and they're going to take one of these guys that know about jet sweeps and pop passes and all the stuff that we say the college offense is coming to the NFL, right? Yep. All right, so we're off and running on Roto Experts in the Morning. More news and notes, and then we look at some waiver wires. Who do you add to boost your squad in Week 11? Roto Experts in the Morning, come on right back after this. Dane and Scott holding it down.
0: The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game time decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Bam! Download the Evan Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you.
2: Welcome back. Roto experts in the morning here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We were just talking about some head coaches. You know, and we were spitballing names. But but let me go back to that, you know, Scott. We talk, you know, we, we, we make fun about it in fantasy in different ways, right? We've talked about it all year. Like, there's no dependable week-to-week fantasy defense, right? So how streaming right. becomes a viable option. We don't care. We're not even starting the Jaguars, the Rams, the Bears, uh, you know, whoever it is on a week-to-week basis. We talk about it when we laugh about picking the totals of games, right? How there's no reason to ever pick and under anymore. We're picking the over everywhere. And by the way, Scott, the uh, <laughs> the Monday night football line for Rams Chiefs next week. What do you think it opened at?
1: I think you told me what it was yesterday. It was like 64. Yeah,
2: that's where we're at. <laughs> that's where we are at, my friend. We are at 63 and a half. What are you betting there? You taking the over?
1: You taking the over or the under yeah, on that? I'm taking the over. That's crazy. Today, you know, I'm not saying you're crazy. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, and therein, yeah, you're saying that, that's crazy. I got it.
2: Yeah. Right. And, and, and therein lies my question. When you ju- what you just said, in this environment, right? And so that being said, in the environment that we are in, and I started about this with Todd Bowles because we're here in New York and the back pages you know, of all the tabloids are going crazy. But let's say you're in New York. Let's say you're in, uh, oh, I don't know, Tampa, where I believe Dirk Cutter will not be employed in about two months. Let's say you're in, oh, I don't know, Miami, where Adam Gaze may not be employed in two months, right? And in in Tampa, you had your chance with a guy like Jameis Winston. In Miami, you had your chance maybe with a guy like Ryan Tannehill, although I never thought he was going to be the man. To be quite honest, I think Ryan Tannehill might be the quarterback of the New York Giants next year, but that's another topic for another day. Or let's say you're in New York with Todd Bowles. If you need to make a hire at head coach in the NFL these days, isn't your only option to get one of these young, up-and-coming offensive coordinators or one of these young, up-and-coming college coaches that are have the Spread offense that have the motion that have the jet sweeps that have the RPOs. Isn't aren't we in a place in this environment in the NFL where it's like you either got to get on the gravy train and score 35 points a game or you're a relic of the past and you need to get out of the way?
1: Yeah, I think it's like the latter you need a relic of the past, you need to get out of the way.
2: Right. So to that being said, if you're the Jets, if you're the Bucks, if you're Miami, if you're any of these teams who may be or if you're if you're the Browns, right, all of these teams, do you think that will be reflected in their hires? Like if I'm, I'm sorry, but if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm the best defensive coordinator right now in the NFL. I I don't think I'm getting a job because I think everyone is just looking for these offensive schemes to keep up. Look at what is doing it in the NFL right now. The Saints, the Rams, the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Eagles, you know, all of the chart. All of these teams are running offense in a similar way. um, And that's the way to prosperity in the NFL right now.
1: Yeah, it it certainly is. And, uh, you know, we've seen it the last two years, really, with the Chiefs and the Bears. Absolutely, they uh, with their new head coaches
2: or new schemes that they're putting in, that is what it is all about. So we will see. It's speculation at this point now. I understand that but there's going to be a couple. We know for sure the Browns are going to be in the market, and everybody's talked about maybe his former head coach at college in Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley. That's the way it's trending, so we shall see. But the Jets, with Todd Bowles as a quote-unquote defensive mind, will probably look to go to the other side of the ball. Remember, before him, they had Rex Ryan, another defensive coach, so they will probably go in another direction. And while they, it sounds like they won't make a move, During the season, unfortunately, it looks like Todd Bowles only has about a month and a half left as head coach of the New York Jets. Scotty, unfortunately, listen, we talk about that 63 and a half over under for Monday night. I think one thing that might lower it, to be quite honest, is that we have confirmed, unfortunately, Cooper Cup tore his ACL. He will miss the rest of the season for the Rams. Yesterday, you seemed to mention or indicate, Scott, that really his slice of the pie will pretty much be absorbed in your opinion by cooks and woods not necessarily a new uh, a new piece of pie for Josh Reynolds or Nick Williams or anybody else is that still how you feel and if
1: so how much would you boost up cooks and woods I'd pump them up a little bit each uh you know I think they'd still have their big three there on offense and when Cup right. was out before you really didn't see anybody step up maybe if anybody you know maybe maybe Gerald Everett is the one that steps up a little bit at tight end, you never
2: know. At tight end, listen. I mean, I'm off. I'm off. Uh, guys like Evan Ingram. So maybe if even a guy like Everett has uh, some opportunity. Remember, and guys like Chris Herndon had more yards from scrimmage than any member of the Jets yesterday. Some of the guys we're talking about here in this tight end universe has gotten real interesting. And you know that's the truth. When Rob Gronkowski is something like tight end 15 on the year. The other thing I want to mention, Scott is uh you know so listen the saints the saints were looking for you know, it's clear what they were looking for, right? They were looking for a red zone target. They were looking for a big body. They were looking for someone who could be strong at the point of the catch. They tried Des Bryant. He tears his Achilles within something like 24 hours of signing with the team. They go back to the well for another aging veteran who they worked out, who you know because he spent some time with Seattle earlier in the season, the Saints signed Brandon Marshall. Scotty, I want your thoughts on this twofold. One, um... Does it do you agree with me that they're in essence just looking for the same type of receiver, the same role to be played? And then B, if that's the case, uh how much better would Des have done this than Brandon Marshall? Can Brandon Marshall fill this role?
1: Uh yeah, I agree they're looking for the same type, you know, they're looking for, obviously for a big-bodied receiver. And uh you, you really don't know. I think I think we're guessing right. what Des can do because you know, he missed all that time. He had to learn the offense, et cetera. Uh, you know, if that injury didn't happen, another injury couldn't happen. I think Dez would have more appeal because I think it's more obvious that Brandon Marshall is towards the end of his career. Fantasy-wise, there's absolutely nothing to see here. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but the Saints still looking
2: for that role in their offense. Um, and, you know, I mean, you know what you get out of Michael Thomas. You know what you get out of Alvin Kamara. You now kind of know what you're getting out of Mark Ingram. I would consider, would you agree... Uh, I'm going to consider Mark Ingram an RB2 moving
1: forward. Do you agree with that? Uh I think he's more in that RB3 cusp just because the the lack of touches the and the way there. that Kam- Kamar- I'm not I'm not ranking, you know, completely on potential. He's had two good games and he's had three games where he was just disappeared. I can't have an RB2 as somebody that I can't rely on on a week to week basis. He has the potential to have a good game in any given week, but usually it's Kamara dominating the touches, so I can't rank him yeah. as an RB, two.
2: Well, I believe, though, Scotty, what about this week with six teams on bye? Will you have him in your top 24 this week?
1: It's very it's very possible because you got to talk about yeah. six teams on a bye. Yeah. But then, then again, look to at know, the six teams that are on a bye, though, too. So you know, you, you got some the potential in, in there. That. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you got I will tell you who they are. They are these two teams that faced each other last night, the Giants and the 49ers. So, you know, Saquon off the off the list, Breda off the list, and then all four AFC East teams. Are off this week, so you would lose names like James White and Sony Michelle, maybe Shady McCoy, maybe Drake and or Gore, maybe Crowell, and like I mentioned, Brita and Barkley as well. So in those six teams, in my opinion, you have six or seven, maybe even eight running backs that are in you know a conversation to be started. Um, so you know someone like um, you know someone like Mark Ingram, I believe at least this week would certainly be. In RB two territory. Speaking of potential running backs here, Scotty, um, you know we talked about Brandon Marshall. Spent some time with Seattle Seahawks. I want to ask about another Seattle Seahawk running back, and it's the rookie, uh, rookie Rashad Penny. Scott P. Carroll. Uh, yesterday was saying that Penny finally, quote-unquote, looks like the guy we drafted. I'm trying to read the tea leaves here on this one, okay? And what if I told you that I think Thursday night is going, like, he, we already saw some out of Rashad Penny. Um, you know, he had a nice little game against the Rams, 100 yards, looked good. What if I tell you, I think Thursday night, I'm sensing, like, that the time has come. Let's put it this way because a few factors one rookie running backs always tend to grow an opportunity and we've been seeing it with other running backs, but they grow an opportunity as the season goes on. We've seen it with Kerryon Johnson among others. The other thing is it is a Thursday night football game Scott. So your boy Carson has a short turnaround. I don't know if he's ready or not. They held him out last week. We'll see if they if he's ready to go just a mere 48 hours from now. Um... And, you know, I just think it could be his time. What do you think? And that they're saying these things. It sounds like he's done maybe with the finger and the weight issues. This positive kind of talk about Penny makes me think, like, it may be his time coming up real soon.
1: Uh, When you say his time, that he's going to be the number one running back there, I think that the scales, in terms of like you know the snaps and the touches,
2: are gonna start evening out. Like he's gonna start to be on the incline. Like for example, let's see um, in the game, uh, you know Rashad Penny had 12 carries, Mike Davis had 11 on Sunday, right? So that is sort of a 50 50 split, shall we say, at least of the rushing. Right. Mike Davis caught four balls and Penny did not. So the touches are what 15 to 12. I think it. Um, I would not be surprised if Penny touches the ball most out of any Seattle running back on Thursday.
1: I don't think it's going to happen. I, I just don't think they're, you know, they're trending in that direction to like give him like all of a sudden like he's like the you know the most featured back. I, well, it wouldn't be know, all of a sudden. Fe- he had
2: the most carries. Yes, on Sunday he had more carries than any other back on Sunday.
1: No, but we're talking about complete workload there. You know, it's it's about even between him and Davis. You know, I okay. don't think the scales are necessarily going to be tipped to where he's the clear number one, especially when they've already said that Chris Carson is going to play this Thursday. You know, they really, really like Chris Carson a lot. So I think you could be looking at a three running back committee. I don't think, you know, they, they put they put uh, Mike Davis in ashes. They like him too. So yeah. you know, I think it might, might be a committee where they feel they have three running backs that they can challenge an opposing defense with. Uh yeah you know, I I do see something trending forward after his explosive performance but I think it's right. been a little much to say that he's going to be the lead running back for them just yet. Okay. Uh but like so I guess would you have considered him the lead running
2: back on Sunday?
1: No because he didn't start and and uh you know You always Mike tell Davis me that the
2: starter be- is just a term though. Just the first snap of the game.
1: You can't can't say that in absolutes. It depends on the the situation. Mike Davis started. He was also on the field for the key drives late in the game. And, uh, you know, it was an even split. So he wasn't clearly the number one running back. He was clearly the number one running back in terms of production.
2: Right. And I'm not saying, like, clearly the number one running back. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying this. What I am saying is it wouldn't be, like, out of nowhere because he did have 12 carries. He did have more carries than Davis. And I'm not saying like the clear number one, I'm saying like, you know, these things happen over time, right? right. So I'm saying like similar, like let's talk about, see, let me use on Johnson as an example, right? Right. Over time, in the last month, month and a half, every week it seems like Kerryon Johnson has been getting slightly more carries, slightly more snaps, slightly more touches, and LeGarrett Blunt has been getting slightly less snaps, slightly less carries, right? I'm just saying, and same thing with, say, like a Sony Michelle who started to get more and more over time. I'm just saying, not out of a, all of a sudden, not a huge jump, but I can see, you know, Rashad Penny over the next month, let's say he got 12 carries, right, on uh, Sunday. I can see him getting, you know, you know 14 on Thursday 17 in week 12 and by the time you see him you know December 2nd when you're out there with the 12s at that point maybe Rashad Penny is you know the lead part of a timeshare going from like the B side 40% to the A side 60% over the course of the next month
1: it could happen you know it certainly but uh I think I think Chris Carson's health will have mm. will, will play a big role in that I feel like I feel like if Chris Carson is is healthy, that it might be hard for him to get more than fifty percent. If Chris Carson is not healthy, I I could see that happening.
2: All right, Um, and I mentioned Carson gets hurt a lot. That's true. Uh, I mean, to be quite honest, Scott, all the Seattle packs get hurt a lot, right? And, you know, they've all been banged up. Mike Davis, you know, these guys even going back to last year, people had an opportunity to grab the brass ring, and then they got banged up. I mention this, Scott, because Rashad Penny, at least in Yahoo, is the most heavily added running back this week. As of now, he's only 17% owned in Yahoo settings, but he is the most Added running back. Okay, so let me ask you this. Do you agree? Like, would you go out there and add him as well? He's 70% owned. Um, right, the third heaviest um, owned back or added back, let's put put it that way. Rashad Penny is up against Josh Adams for, like, being heavily added. They're both around, like, 15%. Compare Penny's outlook with a guy like Josh Adams, who I know you've discussed a bunch. But it's also in a committee with a lot of other backs
1: well here, here's the thing uh Go ahead. you know those percentages are going to rise because it's right, of it's, course usually, usually not the nor- yeah, it's usually not the norm for ra- waivers to run on Monday, but some leagues do have that uh mm-hmm. with penny there's more upside there's there's more talent uh you know first round pick more of a pedigree uh Josh Adams is an undrafted free agent, but right now i don't know how much of a committee it is because Corey Clement is really not figuring in the mix anymore. And it, it looks like Adams has a, has a better opportunity to be the lead back. So it's really opportunity against upside and potential. I think the the backfield is it, it's a little less crowded in Philadelphia. But you know, Joff Adams doesn't have the talent with Rashad Penny. So mm-hmm. who am I going to pick between the two? You know, it, it's very very close. But I'll, I'll I'll go with the talent. You know, give me Rashad Penny.
2: Absolutely, I hear you. And here's the other thing: what I think about, and tell me if this factors in for you when you're talking about a Seattle back and a Philly back. One thing we've been talking about, Scott, all season long, is how you know the Seattle Seahawks are running the ball at almost like a sixty percent clip. I think they're running the ball more than almost any other team in the NFL. Does that? I think it went down to about
1: fifty this past week.
2: Okay, but still, they are running the ball more than most. Yeah, they're they're running the ball more
1: than any other team in the NFL.
2: Well, there you go. So that's to, to my yeah. point. Does that factor into your decision when you're thinking about waiver-wire running back, Scott, when you know one team is going to run the ball a lot more than the other because Philly's a throwing offense and Seattle is now a rushing offense? Does that put a feather in Penny's cap when you're making this kind of decision?
1: I think obviously it has to. If it's a run-dominant team, you're talking about a running back there. That's why these guys are almost even to me.
2: All right, fair enough. Listen, Scott, i got to let the people know – that the NBA lineup optimizer is now available over at dailyroto.com. Subscribers are crushing it on a nightly basis. But listen, if you want all the sports, go on to dailyroto.com and get the elite package. We have been killing it: NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, even PGA daily fantasy with my man Colin Drew over on dailyroto.com. If you are not using their tools and you know projections, you are doing it wrong. You're at a competitive disadvantage. So head on over to dailyroto.com, click on the Go Premium tab, and check. Check out what the Elite Package has to offer. If you don't have a problem with winning money, that is. All right, so go to dailyroader.com, enter the promo code FNTSY, and you will get a special discount. Scotty, we talked about a couple of waiver wire running backs, guys like Rashad Penny and Josh Adams. I'm going to ask you about some other guys and see where they fit in your rank order, and then we'll look at uh, wide receivers as well. Six teams on buy. You may need to hit the waiver wire. Scott and Dane, help you do so when we come back. Right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Dave Martinez and the King, Scott Engel, holding you down this hour. We broke down Monday Night Football, why uh, Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram no longer have seats at the table, what Nick Mullins did as he come back to earth a little bit, and why George Kittle is a better tight end than Rob Gronkowski for Fantasy Teams this year. So we talked about all that. But we were talking about the waiver wire a little bit as well. And, Scotty, we talked about Rashad Penny. We talked about Josh Adams. It's interesting. You know, both Pennies, you know, head coach Pete Carroll and Doug Peterson over in Philly, they've both said that they wanted, you know, something positive about these young running backs. You know, Carol said this guy looks like the guy we drafted. Remember, the Seahawks did spend their first-round pick to try to address their running game. And in Philly, you got Peterson saying, obviously, Josh Adams is going to get a couple more touches here. So, Scotty set the baseline of Penny and Adams. I got a couple of uh, running backs I want to bounce off of you to see if you would prioritize them over the Penny and Adams kind of level here on your waiver wire. Sound good, Scotty? play a little uh yeah, sure you know let's, let's play do a little ranking
1: free agency yeah
2: yeah sounds good so question i want to ask you the first name i want to ask you is about a guy who technically is a starting running back scott i've got him at 46 percent owned i'm going to oakland doug martin would you rather have doug martin or this penny adams kind of idea
1: i'd, I'd rather have penny and adams you know doug hmm. martin did it, it, it seems like there's no no upside i mean he is their starting running back he is right. their lead running back, but he's not showing the big playability that he did in the past. You know, if they get behind, which they often do, you know, then right. Jalen Rashard is going to be in there. And, you know, you look at the last few games, like last week was his first double-figure performance, and it was only 12.2. So, you know, it almost comes down to like, you know, he's one of these RB4 slash 5s to me where I say, do I want Doug Martin or do I want Peyton Barber? And if I want Doug Martin less than I do Peyton Barber, then I really don't want him. I see you took the words right out of my mouth, Scotty.
2: Peyton Barber is 54% owned in all of Yahoo leagues right now.
1: If you have an option of getting Rashad Penny or Peyton Barber for the short term, where are you going? I would easily go Rashad Penny. You know, there's more upside there. You know, I don't care that Peyton Barber starts. You know, this is such a past, a, such a past heavy team right now that uh, you know the numbers have just been they've been mediocre all the way throughout. You know, um, maybe if they had a more talented running back, you know, their lead running back would have one more than one touchdown run. And you know, he's only got 13.6 points in the last two weeks. So, you know, I don't want Peyton Barber. I don't want Doug Martin. Fair enough. We have remember we do have a gentleman's bet. I've got the Peyton
2: Barber side. You have the Josh Adams side for the next couple of weeks. Let me add another name to you who's owned and around the similar level. And I was a little bit surprised that he was cast aside. That he's so available. This is a guy that Yahoo is owned. He's owned in 48% of Yahoo leagues. Would you rather have Rashad Penny or Derek Henry from Tennessee?
1: Uh, I would rather have Penny. You know, Derek Henry's hmm. just, he's, if he doesn't get in the end zone, you know, maybe you're going to get four points that day. Right.
2: No, I hear you. Um, around the same level of ownership. And remember, I always say at this point of the season, Scotty, two things. One, look at who play other managers in your league dropped because they may have been in bad situations where they were forced into a drop. And also, look at the guys coming back off of buy. So I want to ask you about a running look back the, coming off of Look at the guys who are on
1: buy. Look at the guys who are on buy. Okay. okay, you can do that yeah. as well, but not if
2: you need a someone lot do it right. A lot of people you know, don't do it enough.
1: Right. A lot of people don't do it enough.
2: Yeah, we're saying the same kind of thing, Scott. You know, you yeah. want to see who's available out there that people are not thinking of. One guy that is coming off his bye and missed the team's previous two games, but that we're hearing will be back for week 11, coming off of an ankle injury, he's about 50% owned. What about rookie? another rookie, Royce Freeman? Scott, Royce Freeman, coming off the ankle injury, has had three weeks now to recover. Um, he, at one point, was an A-side kind of lead back for this Denver Broncos team. I know about Philip Lindsay, but what about Royce Freeman vis-a-vis Rashad Penny or Josh Adams?
1: Uh, I think he's probably last on this list of everybody that really? we discussed. Yeah, I, I don't was I don't that? think he was ever I don't think he was ever the lead back there, you know, he, he was very touchdown dependent and Philip Lindsay seized the role like pretty much in week 1 and by week 4 it, you know, he wasn't really even getting double figure carries anymore. Uh you know, he did score three touchdowns in a row from weeks 2 to 4, but since then, you know, look at this in ESPN PPR scoring, 7.7, 2.2, 9.7 and then injured. You know, f- right. 5 of 7 games single figure performances. Philip Lindsay is clearly the lead back right now. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not wasting a, a, a roster spot on Royce Freeman right now.
2: All right, so it sounds like you would rather have Rashad Penny, uh, maybe one step ahead of a possible growth of him on Thursday night. It sounds like Derrick Henry, Josh Adams, Doug Martin, no Peyton, Adam Barber, Adam
1: Adam, Adam second, uh, okay, go then, ahead. then then probably uh, then probably Peyton Barber, Doug Martin, uh, Derrick Henry, and then Royce Freeman. And Royce Freeman last. As we talk about the running backs,
2: um, I don't think, but it's worth a note just to say there's a a guy. Remember how we were talking about a couple weeks ago, Scotty, how like Larry Fitzgerald was like 75% owned. And so it was worth the check to see if he was available. The same can be said right now for Shady McCoy. Scott, he's like 80% owned. So worth a check. If LaShawn McCoy is available, you got to go to him, right?
1: Yeah. It's, uh you know, especially after after what happened last week. Like in ten team right. leagues, he may have been cut. So if you're right. playing a ten team league, I think you have to check uh, because he might he might be available. It depends on what site you play on because you're quoting Yahoo on ESPN. Yep. It's ninety two point two percent, you know. But still, still that's seven that's seven point eight percent of leagues he might be that's available right. in. You got to check.
2: Like right now, if you are riding a subway car listening to us, right, or right now if you're on your commuter rail and there's 11 or 12 people in your car, one of you have a league where you could go right now and grab Shady McCoy. <laughs> you know, so I think it is at least worth the check. It's something you should check if you want to be do your diligence as a fantasy owner. Scott, let's talk about the quarterback position. Um, and you know, uh, at One this thing point... before you move on, oh, though. Go ahead. One thing you got other you running backs? On.
1: Yeah, I have one that I talked about in the advanced scout as a le- as a lead oh, okay. guy uh, with yeah. Le'Veon Bell not expected to come back. If oh, you're going to Jalen Samuels, aren't you? Yeah, Jalen Samuels is the handcuff right now for James Conner, and you know you have to start getting like I've been saying uh, throughout the last few days. You want to get the primary handcuff to your starting running back. You know, and get rid of the dead wood on your on your bench. If Jalen Samuels right now is the premier and apparent and essential handcuff to James Conner.
2: Fair enough. Is, is is Samuels, though, however, someone you're taking only if you are a Conner owner?
1: I think it, I think it's more in tune with that. But, you know, why are we picking, even bothering with guys like Peyton Barber and Doug Martin, you know, at this point in the season? Because six go teams down are on by and, and you may need
2: something this week. That's why, because six teams are on by.
1: Well, you might have something on your roster that's better than either one of those guys, you know, that you can okay. playing properly for your buys, sure. et cetera. I know I certainly do in just about every one of my leagues. But, uh, you know, the point being, though, is that, you know, I'd rather pick up J- Jalen Samuels and cut Doug Martin, you know, as I know I'm heading towards the playoffs because I'm never going to start Doug Martin or Peyton Barber in most cases. And I'm not saying it's absolute. You are right. There are some teams that may need a guy like that this week, and they should pick him up. But if you're not in that desperate sort of situation, then, you know, you just need to start picking up the handcuffs now.
2: Right. And I think you make a great point here, Scotty. There's two ways you have to view this, right? There's one that like maybe you got banged by an injury last week, you know, and so that's a reason why you're in this market in the first place right but then there's also or you have a buy situation that to your point you didn't necessarily plan for or you were like listen week 11 is just going to hurt me you know but there's that's one reason injuries or buy. the other reason you could be in this market is because you now at 10 weeks in feel really good about your playoff chances if you're eight and two if you're nine and one something like that and in that scenario uh like you're saying scott you got to prioritize you know, like you're saying, names like Jalen Samuels. I would throw names like Spencer Ware out there, Malcolm Brown as well. Right, Scotty?
1: Yeah, uh, certainly. Like Malcolm Brown is a big one. Spencer, Spencer Ware, Ware, obviously. Spencer Ware's, obviously. Spencer Ware's obviously. Rod Smith, you know, if you have. Wayne Gallman? Yet. Do you
2: go Wayne Gallman?
1: I think you have to. You know, if you have right, you it's the same
2: kind watch. of theory, right? If you're if you're yeah. if you're handcuffing one of these stud Giovanni Bernard and Walton, for example,
1: you know, if you have yeah. one of these
2: dependable backs, well, who are these who are these handcuffs? I
1: think it'd be I think it'd be Giovanni Bernard and not Walton, but uh, okay, you know, sometimes sometimes it's not apparent either. Like who may step step up if you know the main running back gets injured, you know. So that's something that that you also have to consider. I mean, if you have David Johnson, you want to get Chase Edmonds. Chase right Edmonds. Now, but, yeah, but sometimes there there are instances, and I'm trying to go through my head like right now. Cameron Artis Payne is like mm. the, the main one for McCaffrey because they just cut CJ Anderson. Cut C. J. So that that that's that's something else to consider. If you have Aaron Jones, you want to you want to get Jamal Williams. Uh, if Kerry and Johnson goes right. down, though, it's very unclear as to who would be the handcuff because Theo Riddick's not a runner, and uh, you know Zach Zenner, the, you know he's been a disappointment in the past. There might not be a handcuff yeah. to really take if you have Kerry and Well,
2: there's Legarrette Blunt. Legarrette Blunt.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think it. I think wouldn't be he like be a, their guy? Yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. You know, I I I forgot about Legarrette Blunt. No, it's all The way not that good. He's, he's been playing, uh, you know, and who's the ha- what's going to happen in Chicago if either if either Cohen or Howard gets injured? I think it's a little unclear who's going to step up. Right, they try and maybe use one.
2: Don't they have, like, Benny Cunningham, I think, yeah. um, is the guy back there? I think he is. But, you know, it doesn't get exciting. It's not sexy. <laughs> you might, know, in he any way, going, but, to Cole, but
1: not, not to carry the ball necessarily. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, no, that, that, that makes complete sense. But the theory still here is once you get through your buys, you are not necessarily looking for these guys who are going to be running back fives or wide out fives or sixes for you. That doesn't help you because one of the things you just said in there, Scotty, I think is the critical kind of like rule of thumb as we try to teach people like how to fish, not only give them a fish here on the fantasy sports network. The thing you have to think about, is there any scenario where I would start this guy, and the answer for your wide receiver five after the buys is likely no. So in that situation, these guys are not offering anything for your roster. Anthony Miller. Well, maybe that's not a good example, but let me. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example. You know, of a wide receiver five, Scotty. Like with even David Moore there for Seattle, right? He's in essence a wide receiver four, a five, something like that, right? Yeah. All right, let's just say uh, he was I, I, right? I don't know, though, if this guy...
1: it, it, there's, there's some situations in some leagues where the depth is, like, maybe that you might have to start him, you know, especially with the touchdown production.
2: No, I understand. So, like, maybe that's a I'm bad thinking example. i like so more like a Cole some...
1: Beasley, you know? Fine,
2: whatever the name is. Cole Beasley. I'm because I'm I'm not talking about the name here, Scott. Remember, I'm not trying to give them a fish. I'm trying to teach people how to fish. So what we're doing here is thinking and your thought process, whether it's Cole Beasley, Moore, the name is irrelevant right now. What you need to think, your process needs to be after the buys, is there any universe where I am going to start this guy? And the answer if the answer is no unless like catastrophe hits well because if catastrophe hits your sol out of luck for your title hopes anyway in essence right so if these are guys that are not going to start for you your team is better served and better organized to get these guys we're talking about the spencer wares of the world and handcuff your dude so that if oh my goodness kareem hunt goes down at least you still get the kansas city running back production for the next man up you know i did it in a league this uh Um, In one league Scotty my quarterback is Philip Rivers I've been having a backup like whoever it is Andy Dalton Baker Mayfield whoever it was and I'm like wait a second I'm starting Philip Rivers every week from here on in there's no scenario where I would not be starting Philip Rivers Unless oh my god the doomsday injury hits so in that scenario I don't need my backup quarterback because I can find whatever I need on the waiver wire in the bad scenario. Otherwise, I'm starting Phillip Rivers. And you need to go through that process with all of your kind of bench guys. And if not, they are spare parts that you can – cast aside in this effort to get your handcuffs and organize yourself, like, look at the defenses for week 14 or 15, and maybe if there's a stud defense with a great matchup against the Bills, against the Jets, in the next cup and grab them now. Organize yourselves for weeks 14, 15, and 16, and if you think you're going to get a bye for
1: weeks 15 and 16. Right, Scotty? I think I'd agree with all of that except for the quarterback. I think all leagues are different, and some leagues, there's not a lot uh, available on free agency (sighs) There are leagues, especially like more mainstream leagues, where people are carrying two quarterbacks. So you don't want to have to be in a situation where, you know, you're going to have to go get Matt Barkley or, or, uh, you know, somebody like that or Brock Osweiler. You want to have a decent backup in case your starter gets hurt. So it really depends on the waiver wire. One league I'm looking at, like, Dak Prescott's available, you know, uh, Jeremy Mayfield's, I mean, Baker Mayfield's available. I keep saying the old NASCAR guy. Uh, You know, a little tweak of mine, but, uh, you know, there's other leagues where there's just, there's nothing available. You know, there people are rostering like three quarterbacks at a time, et cetera. Sometimes less experienced players do that. So it really depends on what's available on free agency when it comes to the quarterback. No, I hear you, and that, that does make sense, you know. But, for example, Scotty,
2: league that we are in together where I must admit you just beat me last week. You know, there's some, the quarterbacks that are available, I see, uh, you know, I see uh, Mariota, Eli, I see Dalton, people like that. Um, so, you're right, it's a supply and demand thing, but conceptually, the point remains. You have to start to organize yourself uh, for the playoff run. After 10 weeks, there's only three weeks left. All right, Scott, like I'm nine and one in a league and I'm looking to see, I'm looking to see who the Jets play in week 15 so I can grab that defense. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and by the way, I believe it's the Houston Texans, but onward we go. Scotty, I want to let people know, if people enjoy playing DFS, but if you're sick of dealing with the professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool over at mybookie.ag. Forget multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches. Avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. If you sign up for a new account, use the promo code FNTSY and you will get a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineups, scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY upon sign up, and get your matchups using the props to build a tool. That's mybookie.ag. Use the promo code FNTSY. Alright, Scotty, we talked a lot about the running backs on the waiver wire. When we come back next hour, and don't forget, if you subscribe to Roto Experts in the Morning, also subscribe to FST, because the next hour Dane and Scott will continue our analysis. We'll give you waiver wire ads at wide receiver at tight end if you need it as well six teams on a buy there's an easy scenario where you have gronk and evan ingram where you have george kittle we are going to tell you what tight ends to pick up for your waiver wire for week 11 and we'll dig into the roto experts exclusive edge in season fantasy package using the king scott angles advanced scout come on back at the other side of the break dane and scott breaking down the headlines and what you need Win in week eleven. Right here, the award winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on, right back. Time.